0: Good evening and welcome to our Bible study and we're going to look at Revelation chapter 12 starting to read at verse 1 So Revelation 12 verse 1 A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven A woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth Then another sign appeared in heaven An enormous red dragon with the seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert, into a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Shall we pray? Our Father, again we come into your presence now as we gather round your word, and as we do, we seek your blessing upon us, that you will guide us in the truths that you would have us understand, as we come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Revelation 12, uh, from that short reading, it, it leads us into ask a number of questions. Firstly, who is the woman? Second, who is the dragon? And thirdly, who is the child? Now, before we look at our passage for this evening, I want us to take a short overview of the Bible. Now, this is in order for us to glean a few truths that will help us understand something of the vision that John sees. Remembering that John himself, as he sees this vision, would be reflecting on truths that he already knows. And these are the things that we're just going to briefly look at. So first of all, we go way back to Genesis. Genesis chapters 1 and 2. And we know that the God created a perfect world. And he made man in his own image. Now if we move down to Genesis chapter 3. We see that Satan brought sin into the world. But God would bring salvation. Satan brought deception. God will bring deliverance. A redeemer will come. And he will be a descendant of Adam and Eve. This is God's plan as the battle lines are drawn and the victory is going to be the Lord's, as it always was, always is, and always will be. Now, the Lord speaks to Satan, and this is in Genesis 3, verse 15. And he says this to Satan I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Notice that that comes down to he. So this is now speaking of a single person. And he will crush Satan's head, and Satan will strike his heel. Now that word enmity, it means active opposition or hostility. You see, the Lord would deliver a messiah. He would deliver the Messiah through the nation of Israel. Now, if that nation was destroyed, then God's plan of salvation would not happen. And we see that from Genesis right through to Malachi, through the whole of the Old Testament. What do we see? We see active opposition and hostility towards God's plan. The Redeemer would come. And when... He would come. He would come through the line of Judah. Now, if that family line could be destroyed, then God's plan of salvation would not happen. If you go to Genesis chapter 38, it's a good passage to read through, but if you read through that passage, you'll see that the line of Judah was almost terminated. Why? Because of active opposition and hostility. That coming from Judah himself. The Redeemer would come through the family of King David. If that family could be destroyed, then God's plan of salvation would not happen. Listen to what we read in 1 Chronicles 21 verse 1. And this is just one of the things that was happening during the life of David. And we read, Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. You see, this is part of the active opposition and hostility against God's plan. The Redeemer would come by way of a virgin, the baby born to Mary. Now, if the baby was killed, then God's plan of salvation would not happen. Matthew 2, verse 16 We read there about how Herod tried to kill the child. Again, active opposition and hostility. And we know that the Redeemer who was born is Jesus. And if he was killed, then God's plan of salvation would not happen. And in Matthew 27, verse 26, we speak about Pilate. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Active opposition and hostility. And Jesus was killed. But he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. God's plan of salvation was complete. And by his grace, redemption that had been offered from the beginning would continue to be offered and offered until the day that God's final grace would be, God's final judgment would be delivered. You see, this is all part of the one picture, the same picture. We're seeing something of the bigger picture. Now, the Lord didn't have two separate plans of redemption There wasn't one for the people of the Old Testament and another for us, the people of the New Testament. You see, the truth is we are all part of one redemptive plan that the Lord has for his people. The Redeemer is Jesus. Redemption is by the power of the blood of the Lamb. And the redemption is protected or the redeemed are protected by God so that the redeemed, no matter what happens to them, will one day be with him in glory. Along with, get this, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Stephen, who was martyred, Paul. That great preacher of the gospel, John, who wrote the gospel in this book of Revelation, and all the faithful, including those who died at the hands of Nero in the days of the early church, and then men such as Martin Luther, John Calvin, and many others who are all part of God's church, and those that we know personally who have gone to be with the Lord in his kingdom and those of us today who are part of his kingdom here on earth his church a church that is still suffering at the hands of a defeated enemy whose aim is to destroy or disrupt as much of god's plan as he can how does he do it by deception and lies so again we're reminded of what Paul said, that verse from Ephesians 6, verse 12, that we will often quote, for the struggles, our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, we're involved. And there's still opposition and hostility towards God's people. This is why we need Jesus. This is why we need the living word. This is why we need the written word through which God can speak to us. So, who is this woman here in Revelation 12? Let's just look briefly at verses 1 and 2. John sees a sign. What is a sign? Well, a sign is something that points us to something that we need to see or to a place where we need to be. That's what a sign is. Who or what does the woman represent? Now, some say that the woman represents Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, while this representation of the woman alludes to Mary and the birth of Jesus, As we look at it in context, we see that it extends far beyond that. It includes that, but extends beyond that. It takes us to a place before the birth of Jesus, and then on beyond his birth as it points us to his return. So firstly, in these verses, where did the sign appear? Well, it's in heaven. Well, heaven is a real place, a place that's prepared for us. You know we don't know an awful lot about it. we don't understand things it's eternity eternity which goes back and goes forward into the future, and we don't fully understand these things that are things that happened before the creation of the world. Secondly, how was the woman clothed well, with the sun with the moon under her feet? Come with me to the days of jacob and his son joseph joseph who had a dream in genesis 37 verse 9 we read then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers listen he said i had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to me well who is the sun the moon jacob knew listen to what jacob said when Joseph told him these things, in verse 10 of chapter 30, Genesis 37, when he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Well, we know that this did happen. And this happened when Joseph's father and mother, who in Joseph's dream are referred to as the sun and the moon, and his eleven brothers, they bowed down to Joseph. Now in these verses we have an introduction to the twelve children of Jacob, who would become the nation of Israel. Now is the crown of the twelve stars on the woman's head representative of her being Israel? the nation through whom the messiah would be delivered the messianic truth of this is that the true israel the faithful would bow down not to joseph who in fact is seen as a type of christ in scripture but they will bow down to jesus as would his followers under the new covenant this is how israel is addressed in the Old Testament when I say Israel the Bible is talking about the faithful who reside in Zion as the true Israel Isaiah 52 verse 2 shake off your dust rise up, sit enthroned Jerusalem, free yourself from the chains on your neck daughter Zion now a captive and Isaiah goes on in Chapter 62, verse 2 and 5, again to speak about the nation of Israel. The nations will see your vindication, and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted, or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah, and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married as a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you, as a bridegroom rejoice over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Great prophetic words there. And then we come to Micah, Micah chapter 4, verse 9 through to 10. There are many other verses we could look at in relation to this, but let's just uh, read this uh, these few verses from the book of Micah. He said, again, speaking about Israel, Why do you now cry aloud? Have you no king? Has your ruler perished? That pain seizes you like that of a woman in labor? Breathe in agony, daughter Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon, and there you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. Notice that the woman in John's vision, well, she's pregnant. And she's crying out in pain as she is about to give birth with regard to the birth of the Messiah there was opposition and hostility towards God's chosen people Israel in the Old Testament part of the hostility leveled at Israel came from Pharaoh but God freed his people and then after he freed his people he led them into the wilderness why? to prepare and protect them for the coming of the Messiah, keep this thought in mind because we will revisit it a little bit later. From the Old Testament, we know that Pharaoh wasn't the only world leader, or Egypt, the only nation who tried to destroy God's promise of a Messiah during the days of the Old Testament. And again, we can turn up many references, but let me just give you one this morning, this evening, from Psalm 2, verse 1 through to 3. This is what the psalmist said. "'Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? "'The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together "'against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, "'Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles.'" So, with these thoughts in mind, back to the first question for this evening, "'Who is the woman in John's vision?' Let's go to revelation 12 verse 3 and 4 where we're introduced to the dragon now who does he represent right what did he look like he was red with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads well first of all red red even for us today red is a signal of danger and red in Scripture speaks of danger, speaks of death. We've already seen this in the book of Revelation. Revelation 6, verse 4, where the second uh, seal is opened. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. And then again, as we move through Revelation, and we came to chapter 9 and verse 17, the six trumpets sounded... The horse and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue and yellow and sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke and sulfur. So we know that the dragon is dangerous. What about seven heads with a crown on each head and the ten horns? Well these again are signs the signs of the false claims made by the dragon, as he claims to have sovereignty and power and authority. He's claiming the sovereignty, power and authority of the one who is the Lamb of God. You see, the dragon is an imposter and a deceiver. Revelation five verse six. This is the one who the dragon is trying to imitate. And I saw a lamb looking as if he had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. See that? Seven horns. The lamb is the only one who is worthy. He is the genuine person. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 5, For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. Who's the dragon? The dragon is an imposter. An allusion here to Daniel chapter 7. In that chapter... We read this. This is verse 7. After that, in my vision, so Daniel speaking here, after that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth, it crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. In Daniel's vision, the ten horns are the ten evil kings who are under the control of the beast. The dragon, in John's vision, will be unveiled. And it's unveiled in the passage that we read this evening, verse 9 of chapter 12. This is who the dragon is. That's that ancient snake called the devil, or Satan. So we know who he is. The dragon is Satan. Who we know is evil. Again, let me just share with you Jesus' words to the unbelieving Jews of his day. You can read this in John chapter 8, verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar. What did the dragon do? Well, we read in verse 4, Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. A third of the stars is a possibility. This is a reference to the fall of Satan as foretold by Isaiah. If we read Isaiah 14, verse 12 and 15, we read, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mounts of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. You are brought down to the realm of the dead and to the depths of the pit. The dragon who we know is Satan, as revealed to us in Revelation 12, verse 9. And in this passage here that we are looking at, he's standing in front of the woman who is about to give birth to the Messiah. And as I said earlier, what John sees here alludes to Mary But the reality is that we have a much deeper explanation of who the woman is. Is it that the woman is God's chosen people, Israel? Mary is one of Israel's chosen people. The child who will be delivered would unite the faithful of the old covenant with the faithful of the new covenant by the power of the blood of the Lamb as they are united into what is His church. Which, by the way, is also sometimes referred to in the New Testament as New Israel. Revelation 12, verse 5. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. You know, in this short verse, what do we have in these few words We have the birth, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, and the coronation of Jesus. Isn't that great? With that in mind, I want this evening to read to you Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 31. And just listen carefully to these words and see how they fit in what we're looking at here in the book of Revelation. But now... by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It's excluded. Because of what? The law that requires works. No, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith, apart from works of the law. Or well, is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there's only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. It's the unity between the old covenant, the new covenant, all under the one plan of God. Let's just go to verse 6 as we draw to a close this evening. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Notice, this is a place prepared for her by God. And what will he do while she's there? God will take care of her. Why? Because of the opposition and hostility that they will face. Opposition and hostility followed Jesus when he was led into the wilderness, who by by the Holy Spirit Matthew 4 verse 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This was an attempt by Satan who distorted and twisted God's words as he tried to turn Jesus away from the task that was set before him. Satan failed, but he continues to use the same tactics today against his church. I mentioned earlier that the Lord led the nation of Israel through the wilderness. The wilderness can be and is a dangerous place. But this is where the Lord took his people Israel after freeing them from slavery to a place where he would nourish and protect them. As he prepared them for the next part of his plan, which was the coming of the Messiah. In John's vision after the birth of Jesus, We read that the woman fled to a place where the Lord would nourish and protect her as he prepared her for the next part of his plan, the return of Jesus. The wilderness can be a dangerous place. But it is the place of spiritual refuge where the Lord has taken his people the church after freeing them from slavery of sin into a place where he is nourishing, protecting and preparing them for the next part of his plan, the return of Jesus. But this time, he'll not only come as saviour for those who believe in him, but also as judge to those who reject him is God's church the woman are we her offspring will the suffering continue will there be active opposition and hostility until the Lord will come and take us home as citizens of his kingdom let's pray Father, we just thank you again for this time we've spent around your word together. And we just pray that you will enlighten us by the power of your Holy Spirit. As we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.